on and welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile Higher Report podcast network. I am Colm Cronin and delighted to be joined as always by my venerable colleague Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Colm. Venerable is a the bar now gets raised higher and higher each week. I, there's no chance of me uh, meeting venerable this week, but I shall do my best. I'm very well. I I. Uh, I hope you are too. We're very close now. So today is a significant day um, in the NFL and, you know, obviously by extension, the Broncos. So we've we've lots to talk about. I feel like we're now at the point where we're going to hit the sweet spot where the hard yards that we put in in the early summer months, you know, effectively was our version of training camp where we were desperately trying to come up with stuff to talk about. We've gotten through that and now we're, we're, we really are in the in the, in the meat of it and uh, personally really looking forward to, to getting chatting about really sort of significant events that have just taken place over the last sort of 40, 48, 72 hours and uh, as I said one step closer to, to the real stuff which is you know we're, 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 we're nearly there and it's very exciting I personally can't wait for it now yeah, I suppose the, the NFL offseason is so long, and especially when you are not in the playoffs, that lengthens it even further. Um, way back when, which seems uh, an age ago now, we kind of gave our initial thoughts on what the the Broncos' season win total might play out as. In terms of where training camp has gone, the uh, preseason games, the injuries, Stuart, the cuts that we've seen today. Where do the 2023 Denver Broncos sit in your estimation as we are on the cusp of the regular season? I don't think there, nothing has moved the needle significantly for me, Colm, in one way or the other, really. Um, You know, I think... If I was to, if, you know, if, if I was to be forced, um, I would say we, we may, I, I may drop us a game um, for the simple reason that we've lost Tim Patrick for the season. And we're not really sure how long we've lost Jerry Judy for. You know, it, it could be a week or two. It could be, you know, four or five. Nobody seems to know. Um, and I do think that's significant because, you know, there are certain sections or certain sort of parts of the team um, that our strengths, there are certain parts of the teams that unfortunately are probably classified as weaknesses as well, or, you know, this is relatively speaking. Um, I would have had the wide receiver room as very definitely a strength, um, you know, a, a month or two ago. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. I don't know if I can say that for certain now. Um, I think we'll be okay when Jerry Judy comes back because Judy has looked or did look very good in preseason. Um, but I, 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 you know, I think we're like week one, you know, you're looking at Cortland Sutton, um, probably Johnson and Mims, who is a rookie. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Humphrey looked quite good as well. I thought, again, this is preseason, so it's hard to, to read too much into it. So I, I think for me, that might be the case that, you know, I think we sort of preseason has backed up certain things. I think the games in that, you know, I think the secondary looks very good. I think the pass rush looks good if we can manage to keep pass rushes on the field if they can stay fit I think we'll be fine I'm a little concerned about the defensive line I don't think there's great depth there at all and I think you know I I think that's not a, an area that that's really flashed um so I, I but then again 
you know, the running back room, McLaughlin is a real surprise, you know, so that he's kind of come out of nowhere. So I think that's maybe has alleviated some of our concerns about Javante. Again, we'll see when, when the real stuff starts. Um, I suppose the big one for me, Colin, is, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not digging my heels in here and taking this position just for just for the sake of it. But I haven't seen anything from Russell Wilson. We hear a lot about it. You know, we've heard he's got command of this, that, and the other. Then also you hear that the Saints defense, you know, had their way with us for most of the practices um, when the starters were, were practicing against each other. So I don't know. I mean, I still think a lot of it comes down to Wilson College. I, I really do, I think. The defense is probably going to be as advertised. Hopefully there won't be too much of a drop off, even though we've got a new defensive coordinator. You know, you've got posters and stuff here on the wall. I think I could see in the background, you, you're a massive fan, Joseph fan. I love party for him all those years ago. But I do think the defense is going to be probably, maybe not as good, but it's going to be close. And I don't know what the offense is going to be like. I don't think anybody can know what the offense is like. And I think... There's some wishful thinking, um, and I think there's some sort of fingers being crossed and all sorts of different things. Prayers being sent to various uh, deities, depending on who you're talking to. Um, a lot of this stuff, like any team really, comes down to the quarterback because the talent, I don't think, is there across the board for it not to come down to the quarterback with us. We've had brilliant defenses and we've had terrible quarterback play, and that's gotten us losing seasons. Um, I'm not sure where we are, where we are right now. We'll have to wait and see. Um, because, you know, as you know yourself, Colin, the real stuff starts and we've seen teams be look great in preseason. We've seen players look great in preseason and it hasn't translated. So time will tell. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of kind of interesting points in what you've hit on there, Stuart. And in terms of preseason, I think we see with the Albert O cut because uh, the reaction on Twitter the other night to Albert O's performance um, would have led one to believe that you know this was uh, the the emergence of, of a, a rival to Travis Kelsey, and uh, all he is not making uh, the fifty three today. And we know that Stink has been on Twitter at the time of recording to point out some of the flaws which were ignored. I mean, yeah, he put up big numbers, but again, it's preseason. He wasn't blocking. He didn't really look like he he wanted to to block to be out there. And Nick Kendall, who was on with us uh, just a few weeks ago, pointed out that you've got to be if you are not the you know the one or two, you've got to be a core special teams player. You've got to be able to to go out there and, and make plays. But that that to me, you know, I I think is very difficult. I think the other thing you've seen in Broncos country is um, this. Desire, right? I see after the end of that, the last um, preseason game was bring on the Raiders. Uh, quickly followed up by, oh, we're, we're missing Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy and Williams is out. And it feels like, you know, people are in in one sense kind of geeing themselves up and rah, rah, let's go Broncos. On the other hand, already kind of dialing in excuses, which would be a, a concern. I mean, I, I like... Sean Payton's approach to um to, to coaching overall. I, I my my one knock is and I go back to it, I mentioned this, I wish he hadn't rode back on, on the hack of comments. I think he got a tip on the shoulder from the owner to say you need to do that. And well when a a, a multi multi billionaire tells you to do something, chances are you probably do. Um but I, I think it came from the owner rather than anyone else. But everything else I've liked, I think he, you know, looked at the 
uh, Mar in terms of the kicker and and said, you know, we brought you in, you are fine during preseason, but ultimately, can I rely on you during the regular season? I I don't know. And he's brought in Will Lutz. I think for for a seven rounder, I I get it. I understand, especially when you're in Denver, you're playing at altitude and you've got a guy with a leg like that who has been reasonably accurate over the course of his, um, I suppose, career. The Saints seem to be able to bring in kickers uh, and move on from their their veteran kickers. Uh, Same with with punters. I wish we were able to to do that with the success they have had. Um, I, I think that the... We've also seen, you know, some of the other kind of the George Payton picks uh, from 2022 go today. Um, so, you know, I think that this is, I think that what this offseason has done for me is it's hyped up pressure on George Payton to an enormous level. Uh, you know, whatever about Russ and, and where Russ sits, and I, I unfortunately think we will probably be sitting in that kind of purple purgatory that the Vikings have sat in for so long. I think George Payton, unless this season is, you know, an absolute um, success, a clear success, uh, is is going to be under enormous pressure um, because a a significant number of the, the moves haven't worked out. Some of that has been no fault of his in terms of Tim Patrick suffered two really unfortunate injuries but ultimately we gave Tim Patrick a contract a two-year deal Tim Patrick will not have played a game during any of that which is awful for for Tim Patrick but that the road that's that's the way it goes as a, a GM of uh, an NFL franchise the look sometimes goes with you sometimes go, goes against you I I am intrigued to see what the offense will look like when we do get to the regular season. I think it will be better under Sean Payton. The question is how much better. And in terms of the the D-line, I think that will be interesting to, to see. We saw Mike Purcell uh, agree to take a haircut uh, to to remain with the, the team. I, I, I just hope, you know, that um, the, we start the, Defense started so brilliantly last year. Obviously, situation within the team, people moving on led to, um, you know, the the end of the season uh, a slide. How we will see Vance Joseph marry his scheme with the Givo Everos, um, will will be interesting. What that looks like, I just, I I think there are. There are probably more questions. And I had lots of questions back in May when we did that episode. I think potentially I have, you know, more que- questions now. I, like for, for you, I suppose, you know, what, what are the, you, you, what are the, the most exciting, which, you know, what are the most exciting things that you are keen to see when we do take to the field against the Raiders? This is going to sound like a contradiction in terms. Uh, Colin, because it isn't exciting in itself, but competence on the offense would excite me. Um, I mean, that's, you know, equivalent to your taller than Danny DeVito contest. Um, But it would be, you know, a well-run, well-organized offense would excite me. Um, 
Mitch, just to go back to your point, Carlos, I think you made some very interesting points, and I do think you're right about George Payton because there was an element of him sort of cleaning up John Elway's mess because Elway's last couple of years, his drafts weren't great and free agency moves didn't work. And I think George Payton sort of got a pass for a year or two, but I think he's past that point now. Um, most of the vestiges of John Elway are, are, are gone from that team or, you know, any significant ones really are gone. I suppose the likes of Bold, Sayer, or Simmons, players like that maybe, but, you know, most of them have moved on. So this is George Payton's team now. Um, and like it or, or, or lump it, George Payton is intrinsically tied to the Russell Wilson trade. He's intrinsically tied. He pulled the trigger. Now, yes, of course, he would have had to have gotten permission from, you know, the the superiors, the billionaires. But, you know, sometimes a GM is defined by one single moment. And unless things drastically improve, um, and, and drastically improve to me, like it, I think for most of the people that we've had on and yourself, drastically improve is being in with the shot of the playoffs going into the last week or two. We're not talking about winning the Super Bowl because we're not living on cloud cookie land. Um, but that to me is a drastic improvement of what we've had because we've had this historically bad run of non-playoff appearances. So I think that you're right. I think George Payton um, is under an awful lot of pressure because he wasn't their man. He was in situ before they bought the team. Um, that always is, you know, I mean, it's it's almost a cliche to say it, but it, there's truth to that. So Sean Payton is their man. He was handpicked by the ownership. Um, and you know, there is a, an element of come this time, or sorry, come February, March of next year, if the Broncos have failed to make the playoffs again, then I think, you know, the power shift will have been almost complete. And then the GM, I think George Payton could be under massive pressure. He may not be the GM anymore. Um, and I do think that goes hand in hand with how Russell Wilson performs. But, you know, we, we've kind of dealt with that before. I'm sure it's going to be a hot button topic over the next couple of weeks. And um, the Raiders column, I think, I, you know, of course, Josh Jacobs is now back, whether or not it'd be fully up to speed, but he's somebody who has caused us fits over the last couple of years. Josh Jacobs is a, is a very, very good running back. Josh Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, and, you know, he's somebody that if he can get up to speed in time, you'd imagine Jimmy Garoppolo will lead um, in the game against us. Thankfully, Waller is gone, but, you know, whoever they've slotted in to take over from Waller, if history of sold as anything will probably go for about 185 yards against the Broncos on Monday Night Football. That tends to be what happens as we've seen so many times. Um, I'd like to see um, I'd like to see the continued excellence of the secondary and I'd like to see players that have flashed like Bassey. I'd like to see um, some packages for Drew Sanders who I thought really showed what he's capable of the other night. Um, he was, you know, he was constantly on the quarterback. He got the interception and I think one of those ones where it's great to learn that lesson in preseason where the ball wasn't tucked away properly and it was knocked out and you got very lucky. Um, much rather that happen in a 41 to zip victory over the Rams than in a key moment in, you know, week 10. Um, and I, I, I'm interested to see what we do with, with the wide receivers because I think that's a hit that we've taken and that's that's unfortunate. And I think nobody can legislate for that. Uh, and I guess I'm looking for Russell Wilson. You know, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to see you know, we talked about it. I talked about it. I brought it up. Um, I thought people got very, very carried away with his series against the 49ers. Um, and I I'm, 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 I, I want to see if that was just one of those things, if it was a flash in the pan, or if he does have 
the kind of ownership of this offense and the command of this offense that we've been hearing about um, because I don't think we've seen anywhere near enough uh, in, in the preseason. One way or the other, I don't think we've seen Russell Wilson stink the joint out, but we certainly haven't seen him, you know, be a reincarnation of Joe Montana. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of hoping to see Randy Gregory. Um, and I'm hoping to see Frank Clark, Nick Benito, you know, um, Brand, not Brown, it's not Pope, uh, Jonathan Cooper. See these guys, see if they can get after the quarterback because Carr had one of the things about Carr was he was a limited quarterback, Colin, but he knew how to play us well and he knew how to play us even when we had one of our finest ever defenses. He got the ball away extremely quickly. Um, it will be interesting to see if Garoppolo can do the same thing. I doubt it. I don't think he will be able to get the ball away as quickly as Carr could. Um, so I hope for us to get after him because I think if you can ruffle Jimmy's feathers, um, he's not an elite quarterback. He's a limited quarterback. Um, you know, I think there's been a couple of things done on him in the past about how he's got an extraordinarily limited um, passing range um, and he doesn't see certain aspects of the field well at all. So I think we can use that to our advantage. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see the pass rush because it was very good last year until the the correct Brandon Chubb trade but after that it just fell off a cliff and Randy Gregory got injured not long after that or I think he may have even been injured before we traded Chubb so I, I just want to see if we can get that back because we got so used to elite pass rush for so long Colin it just it, it's it's almost in it, it's it's in when you think of the Broncos defense you should think of that you know we've had Von Miller we had Simon Fletcher we had Ware you know we've had so many of these guys over the years um, Albert Williams you know so Alfred Williams you know, I, I think we need to get some of that back. So that's that's what I'm looking out for. Yeah, and we'll obviously um, go more into DJL next week when we are in the build-up to that Raiders game. I suppose my, my hope for this season or optimism comes from the fact that when I look at the division and I see Brennan Staley and I see uh, Josh McDaniels, I, Sean Payton should be able to coach both of, of those individuals for whatever this is where you know the the roster will be interesting but i certainly believe that you know we have um the ability to be have, have the best coach it'll be very interesting against and andy reed uh two great offensive minds um you know but andy reed does have patrick Mahomes there which kind of helps I suppose, you know, for, for me, I think you, you've covered out a, a lot of it. It's to see, you know, who, who might emerge in, in terms of the receiving threat. Because right now, as things stand, you know, as unfortunate as it is, what, what are the odds that Tim Patrick is back next year? He's going to be out, out of contract um, unless, you know, he, he takes some sort of base, like salary. That would be the only way, but it's it's... Not, I would say, you know, a less than one percent. Uh, Cortland Sutton has has a lot to prove. Jerry Judy uh, needs to to prove. So this receiving core could look absolutely um, different, you know, this time next year. So there, there's an awful lot to at stake for a lot of players. And sometimes uh, when you're in a contract season, that can be a, a massive incentive. We we have seen that not just in the NFL, we've often seen it in the, the NFL. Um, but Stuart, you and I would have seen it very, very frequently with Ryan Giggs at Manchester United, who 
would kind of saunter through and uh, be out for time with hamstring injuries and all of a sudden it would get to a contract year and uh, Giggs would play 95% of the games the goals total the assist total would all be up it's it's human nature that when you put an, an added incentive there uh, m- might be something to potentially uh, keep uh, a- an eye on um, if I had to if I had to bet on the Broncos of the of the trio of um of Broncos wide receiver stars, if I had to bet on, on on which one will be on the roster next year, I would I would say Jerry Judy hands down. Yeah, like I I think that that would be the my hope as well. I a lot of I will probably come down ultimately to uh, you know, what um when he comes back and as you said earlier, we really have no idea currently how long he's out for. It Which it is, could it's be. It's unusual, Colm, isn't it? To to because normally after something like that, word begins to filter through after a day or two that oh, you know, it's better news than we expected. It's only two weeks, but there hasn't been anything which I find. You know, I don't, you don't want to be overly dramatic, but I, I found that it's slightly worrying. I, I, I would have thought if it was good news, it would be going to have sort of seep through and it hasn't. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my only, I suppose, hope with it is that in in a Sean Payton world, maybe it's a little bit different now, but certainly it would be, you know, um, a, a concern that, you would feel if it was going to be a, a short term, term you, you would look to get that word out there, right? Because it's a good news story. Uh, so, it, yeah, there there would be slight concerns around that. Maybe, as I said, in the Sean Payton era, it's, it's going to be uh, a little bit different. And, and that would be the, the, the hope. Um, I suppose the... The, the piece that, you know, we... I, I certainly kind of keep coming back to is... The, the fact that I think much like we talked about in relation to training camp and everything else, the a lot can happen in the opening month of the season. I don't think we can overreact either way to it because it is new coach, new staff. Uh, there's going to be an awful lot of changes. And at times, you know, you can, it can take time for things to bed in. I mean, the... The Lions last year uh, are probably an extreme example of it, but you saw how poor their start was and how they got it to, together. Um, now, equally, we have seen in years past the Broncos start really poorly and people kind of tell you to deny what you're seeing with your own eyes and that this team was definitely going to, to come good. Uh, so I, I hope whatever the the way the the initial few weeks of the season plays out, that we certainly here on this podcast will endeavor uh, to be objective. Um, we hope, look, wouldn't it be great if we were to, to start uh, 4-0 as unlikely as that might be, but that would be fantastic if that was the case. But I just hope that whether it is negative or positive, that people don't get too carried away uh, and enjoy the, the games for, for what they are. But competency I think is a good word for the 2023 Broncos if, if we can have that 
Uh, Stuart, um, is there there anything else you would like to uh, cover uh, today? It's it's kind of in a, a kind of a strange period because everything is building towards next week when we will be right there and, and building up to the regular season. But we have a, a period at the moment, I suppose, where, you know, it's um, it, it, it's kind of um, th- this lull, right? The, obviously, the cuts are, are being made and you got to feel for the guys who put so much effort in, but ultimately won't make a, a roster. Uh, but is there anything you want to address? I think um, one of the things might be interesting to keep an eye out is that, you know, I do think um, Sean Payton and, and George Payton have been, have been aggressive in regards to making moves. So I think, you know, and I think Payton, um, George himself said that we pick five on the waivers. So that's quite high, which is which is something I think that they, they, they will use to their advantage. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was another couple of moves made soon enough um, in regards to picking teams up off the waiver wire, I'm sorry, picking players up off the waiver wire, given the position that we have to pick from. Um, so I don't think the roster is in any way finished uh, as we speak. And I think, um, you know, you only need to look at um, uh, last year when, you know, when Javante went down, Latavius Murray was picked up from the Saints practice squad, I think. Um, and, you know, he had a huge impact. So there are going to be good players out there. There are players that are still available that could could make a difference for us so you know for example like i think i think i, I think any broncos fan out there that has watched games and has watched any of the moves we've made is going to be concerned about the defensive line um you know but that's not to say that 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 room is finished just yet as we just before we came on the air calm like um we traded for lutz you know and and in fairness it was only a seven rounder i I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that you know so there are things still happening so i think by this time next week you know, there could be another player on the team and, and it could be a player that could make a significant impact. Um, so that's one I think to keep an eye on. Totally non-Broncos related column and I think it's very important to say that. Um, it looks like, and again, I'm setting myself up for fall potentially because this is, you know, when we're recording and when, when this goes out, it could be two different times. But it looks like there's going to be an Irish man in the NFL for the first time in 40 years, which is tremendous news. Um, and, uh, you know, that's certainly from, from our point of view, that's that's something to be proud of. And uh, going to one of the most historic storied franchises in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. So that's uh, well done to that kid. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that that will be the case. Certainly looks that way. It's for anyone who, out there listening. Uh, there hasn't been an Irishman in the NFL, as Stuart said, f- nigh on 40 years uh, since we had one. I, I My only concern is we kind of had this last season uh with the the Jags and James McCourt who was the the kicker there and it looked like because the it was the same thing they caught McCourt was the only kicker on the roster only for them to bring in uh, a kicker and him to ultimately win the starting job before the season began that is my one concern but obviously it would be great and the hope Stuart would be that this would be is the beginning of a conveyor belt and that ultimately we would see, you know, just like Australia has successfully done with kickers and punters, we would see uh, Irish players in the NFL and hopefully an Irish Bronco in the not too distant future. That would be uh, pretty spectacular if that were to come to pass. Um, we will the probably leave it. Of, uh, the, the advantage of drafting a, an Irish uh, born kicker is that 
He's almost certainly coming from a rugby background. So there's a very good chance that the kick would make a, a really clean textbook tackle on the returner were he to be the last man back and he had a shot. So that's something for the NFL to keep an eye on. <laughs> I like your, your thinking, Stuart. We will leave it there and we will look forward to next week when we will be building up to regular season football. If you enjoy this podcast or indeed any of the podcasts on the Mile High Report Network, please do rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen. It makes a difference. Or just spread the word. Tell people you know who are Broncos fans about the podcast. That makes a real difference too. And we appreciate all the support. You can find Stuart over on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. I'm across social media at Colum and Cork. But we do love hearing from fans wherever they are in the world. Okie doke, Stuart, as the as famous over on this side of the Atlantic, Bill O'Hurley, he used to say, we'll leave it there. So go Broncos. Go Broncos.